1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. And if you would, your Bible turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 6 and verse 21, Jesus said, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then in verse 33, I'm going to read it out of the King James. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And if you go back a few years, their pastor did two messages. They're on the app, the first principle of prosperity. Listen to those messages. He dealt with Matthew chapter 6. And our, our Heavenly Father knows that we have need of things, food, clothes, provision. And what Jesus taught in Matthew 6 is that if we live for God, he, Jesus did not teach that if we live for God, we'll do without things, we won't have enough, we'll be in need and lack all the days of our lives. No, Matthew 6, Matthew 6, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What things? The things that people in the world chase after. The things that people in the world put first. The things that people in the world plot and conspire and lie and cheat and steal to get that if we put the kingdom of God first and do things God's way, all these things shall be added unto us. And so that, that's Matthew 6, which we're not focused on today, but it illustrates the passage we're going to and the parable we're going to deal with. Many, many years ago, great man of God, Dr. Lester Sumrall, when he was visiting and speaking for the church on a Sunday evening in my parents' living room, he talked to my father about Money, And he told my father that if a man's not right with his money, then his heart's not going to be right. That money reveals what's going on in the heart. And so he told my father that if a man's not right with money, that man isn't right. And he told my father that if you don't have a man's money, you don't have his heart. Now we see this even in interpersonal relationships. How someone uses money. How someone handles money reveals what's really going on here in the heart. Now, there's a, there's a certain kind of man, and he'll date a woman, he'll, he'll use a woman, but he doesn't want to commit, so he doesn't put forth the money to buy a ring. 
And that reveals what's really going on where? The heart. And that's true not just of dating and marriage, it's true of life and the kingdom of God. In the first covenant of the Bible, God said to Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. There are many Christians and they want to get blessed, they want to be blessed, but they don't want to be a blessing. Well, it doesn't work like that. The purpose of our prosperity is so we can be a blessing. That's the purpose of our prosperity. And so if you want God to bless you, you want God to increase you, you want God to use you, you got to get your heart right and be willing to be a blessing. got to be trustworthy and willing to be used of the Lord to be a blessing. And the reality is, as we've learned before, Satan, the enemy, he doesn't want believers to be blessed. And why is that? So they have no ability to be a blessing. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 25. And today and next Sunday, we're going to deal with the parable of the talents. And all of the parables are wonderful. All of the parables are important. But the parable of the talents is especially important for us in living the Christian life and learning how we're to live, how we're to conduct ourselves, how we're to handle what God entrusts to us. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14. And Jesus was teaching in parables to explain, to illustrate, to demonstrate what the kingdom of heaven is like as opposed to the world. Verse 14, again, it, the kingdom of heaven, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. And notice that the property belongs to the man. The property belongs to the master. And he entrusted his property to them. Verse 15, to the one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. He went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work, and he gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But when the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Notice again, it's the master's property. It says specifically it's the master's money. It's the master's possessions. Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, you see, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, I knew you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So notice the, the one talent man who doesn't produce anything, when he, he shows up to give an account, he's just full of criticism. I knew you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And again, it's the master's money. He says, see, here is what belongs to you. So it's, he's full of criticism. He's also 
making excuses. Verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew, I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. Well, what's he saying? The, the bare minimum. That's the least you should have done. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Now, in Matthew 25, we see something that is so important. It's a mistake to assume the kingdom of God is like the world. It's a mistake, it's wrong to assume that the kingdom of heaven operates like the world does. Verse 28, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Notice that the Lord calls the one-talent man who produces nothing. He calls him wicked. He calls him lazy. He calls him worthless. Now, I know we live in the uh, social media generation where everybody's trying to think of something nice or cute to put on Facebook or Instagram. No, no one's going to put these verses on a T-shirt. Wicked, lazy, worthless. Or the meme of the week. Now, that's not what people want to hear. People want to hear that no matter what you do, no matter how you live, no matter what choices you make, whether you're a good steward or not, God's happy, God's pleased, and God's going to bless you. But that is not the case. He calls the one-talent man wicked, lazy, and worthless. So we see here in Matthew 25 in this parable, the parable of the talents, the master's return is delayed. And some servants wrongly think he'll never return, but he will. And he's coming back sooner than we think. Peter wrote in the New Testament, he said that in the last days there would be scoffers and they would mock and they would make fun and they would say he's never coming, but he will come. He will come when people least expect him. Jesus is speaking to his disciples about his soon return, which will be unexpected. And he is telling them what the kingdom of heaven is like. He's also warning them, produce, produce, be productive. Be productive with what I have entrusted to you. Give me a return on my investment, otherwise there will be consequences. And we see that, the, the, the one talent man, he's called wicked, he's called lazy, he's called worthless. It's not that he's just less blessed. He's called wicked, he's called lazy, he's called worthless, and he's thrown outside. What, what does that mean? Just go to the end of your Bible and read in the book of Revelation at the end about those that are cast outside the city of God. It's a reference to hell and to the lake of fire where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it's a warning, produce, be productive. Give me a return on my investment, otherwise there will be consequences. So this parable is a picture of what the kingdom of God is like. It's a picture of how the kingdom of God operates. 
And the kingdom of God operates opposite to the ways of this world. Don't assume our heavenly father is like your earthly father. Now, this, this can be applied in different ways. Maybe you had a wonderful earthly father. Maybe you do have a wonderful earthly father. Well, that, that's a man, and no man is perfect. Our, our wonderful heavenly father is so much better. He's so much more wonderful. And he also expects us to produce. But maybe you had an earthly father who wasn't reliable and wasn't faithful and wasn't a blessing and or was unfairly harsh or whatever it was. Don't assume our heavenly father is like your earthly father. And we look out in the world, the world rewards wickedness. The world rewards ungodliness. The world rewards so much that is not right. Don't assume our Heavenly Father is like that. And don't assume the kingdom of God operates the way the world does. It's a mistake. Our Heavenly Father rewards good stewardship. What kind of stewardship? Good stewardship. And He expects a return on His investment. He expects a return on His investment in us. So unlike the world, our Heavenly Father rewards good stewardship. And he expects a return on his investment in us. You know, the Bible says, woe to those that call good evil and evil good. Yet those are the days in which we're living. But that is not how the kingdom of God is. He expects us to be good stewards. He expects us to be faithful and good stewards with what he has entrusted to us. And he expects a return on his investment in us. So Jesus told his disciples the parable of the talents. And it's from this parable that we get the idea or the concept of a talent as a gift or a resource or an ability that God entrusts to us. Now at a minimum, a talent as a form of measurement, a talent equaled 100 days wages. So in your mind, you could kind of figure, well, over 100 days, how much do you make or how much money crosses your hands. A talent equaled a hundred days wages. So at a minimum, five talents equaled a year and a half's wages in advance. Two talents equaled half a year's wages in advance. And one talent equaled three months wages in advance at a minimum. And you understand that there's not a direct correlation between ancient measurements and measurements today, and so we do our best. So that's just at a minimum. But it's possible Jesus was also referring to a talent of gold, which would have been 130 pounds of gold. And that's a lot of gold. In that case, five talents in today's dollars, and part of this is because of all the inflation, what our government's done. But in that case, five talents would equal more than $19 million. Two talents would equal more than $7.5 million. And one talent would equal more than $3.8 million. So you could imagine that we might be talking about what God entrusts to us over the entirety of our lives. And that's what you have to picture in your mind. We're each born with different gifts, talents, and abilities over the course of your life, however many years you live, however many decades you live, a certain amount of money, a certain amount of resources, a certain amount of opportunities are going to pass through your hands, what are we doing with the gifts, the talents, the abilities that 
God has entrusted to us? What are, what are we doing with the money that God entrusts to us? And there's coming a day when the master is going to settle accounts. And we're going to have to give an account of what we did with the gifts, the talents, the abilities God entrusted to us. We're going to have to give an account for over the course of a lifetime, everything that passed through our hands. How did we use it? How did we steward it? Were we generous? Or was it all about us and ourself and our wants and our desires? There's coming a day when we'll have to give an account. Now, the wicked dead, they'll give an account at what's called the great white throne judgment. But for believers who are right with the Lord, we'll, we'll give an account to the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. And yes, it'll be, it'll be wonderful to be there before the Lord, but it'll also be very sobering because we're going to have to give an account for what we did with what he entrusted to us. So this, this is a message for all of us to pause, to consider, to evaluate, to ask ourselves, to seek the Lord, how can I be a better steward going forward? How can I be more faithful going forward? How can I better produce going forward? How can, how can I be a better producer for the kingdom of God going forward? It, it's a message to pause, to evaluate, to consider. Lord, what, what gifts, what, what talents, what abilities have you given me? How, how can I grow them? How can I increase them? Not, not just for ourselves, but for others, for your family, for those you love, for the kingdom of God, for those in need. So whether you or I live 70 years or 80 years or 90 years, over the course of our lifetimes, how much money in total will God entrust to us? Over the course of our lifetimes, how many gifts or talents, abilities, resources and opportunities will our heavenly father bless us with and here's the reality whatever it is whether big or small whether large or insignificant our heavenly father expects a return on his investment so so don't waste your life don't waste your life tell your neighbor smile say don't waste your life tell your other neighbor say don't waste your life you know, there are, there are times someone will call or someone will email and basically it's, Pastor, I'm considering making this really terrible decision. What should I do? Don't do it. God is counting on you. A husband or wife is counting on you. Children are counting on you. Don't do that. Don't throw away your life. But think about all the choices we make every day and what we're doing and, and our, our stewardship and our our producing and our productivity. How can we be better stewards for the kingdom of God? How can we be better stewards for our families and those we love? How can we be better stewards to be a shining light in this dark world? It's an opportunity for all of us to consider how we can do a better job being a good steward and producing for the kingdom of God. So our heavenly father, he expects a return on his investment. So don't waste your life. Don't waste the, the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given you. Don't, don't waste what he entrusts to you. Don't, don't waste what he puts in your hands. And we have to realize, we have to remember that our lives are not our own. Every believer was bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20 says, 
for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Elsewhere, the New Testament says to do everything as unto the Lord. Now, now maybe you, you have a job where whether you make a sale or not, you still get paid. Maybe you, you have a job where even if you're late and even if you leave early and even if you take a long lunch, you, you still get paid, well, you know, and that, that's just your level. It's a mistake to assume that our Heavenly Father is like that. It's a mistake to assume that what you get away with the world will work with our Heavenly Father. He believes in good stewardship. He expects a return on his investment. And so sometimes each of us, we, we need a checkup. We need some self-evaluation. And we have to evaluate how we can be better stewards and better producers. Because our lives are not our own. We were bought with a price. And our Heavenly Father, he expects a return on his investment. Your life, it is not your own. Our Heavenly Father gave each of us the breath of life. He formed and shaped each of us in our mother's womb. He created each of us with a good plan and purpose and destiny for our lives. He gave, Jesus gave his life so that we could be saved, so that we could be full of the Holy Spirit, so we could be adopted into the family of God, so we could live this life as the sons and daughters of God. And on top of all of that, and, and all of that's wonderful, but on top of all of that, our Heavenly Father has given each of us gifts, talents, abilities, resources. So, so what are you doing with the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the resources that God has blessed you with? And is it all just about you? What about the kingdom of God? What about family? What about those you love? What about those in need? He's given us all gifts, talents, abilities, resources. How? Are we putting those things to good use? And if you have any talents, gifts, or abilities, no matter how great or how small, you do not have those talents or gifts or abilities because of how great you are or how special you are. No, you have those things because our Heavenly Father gave them to you. Your life is not your own. So don't waste your life. Smile at your neighbor say, don't waste your life. You know, periodically in the news, there'll be a story of some person in the world, gifted, talented, everything going for them. But because they, they put themselves first and they use their talent for the world and for wickedness and for self, there's some tragic story, some tragic ending. There, there's more to life than self. And again, that's Matthew 6. If we put the kingdom of God first, if we put the kingdom of God first, all these things will be added unto us. So we don't chase things. The things we need, when you put God first, they, they, they follow after you. They're added unto you. They chase you down. So what are we doing with the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the, the resources that God entrusts to us? Matthew 25, verse 15. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, to another one talent, each according to his ability. You know, the truth is some of us have more gifts and talents than others. You've heard me joke about how, you know, with, with uh, Sophie and Michaela, when they are two oldest, when they have a math question, 
or a science question. I think to myself, praise the Lord. I, I tell them, your mother is an engineer. She is gifted in math and science, so this is her area. This is her specialty. So, so don't, don't ask me what to do or for advice on this particular assignment. Go ask your mother, because this is how God has gifted her. You know, it is a miracle that I, I made it through high school chemistry. You know, we're all gifted in different ways. God has given unto each of us different gifts, talents, abilities, and resources. There, there's no point complaining about it. There's no point wishing you had someone else's talent. And this is very convicting in this culture today because there, there's a lie out there in the world. Yes, you can aspire beyond yourself. Yes, you can become something more than yourself. Yes, you can become something greater than yourself, but that's only when you've got a right heart aligned with the things of God. And so the world, it, right now, it is ruining the lives of young men and young women and little boys and little girls, telling them that if they were born a boy, they can be a girl, or if they were born a girl, they can be a boy. Ruining, wrecking lives. You can't be something you're not. And this seems to be a conversation nobody wants to have. You know, well, I can't sing. I can sing, but you don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> That's not my gifting. That's not my talent. That's not a supernatural ability the Lord blessed me with. Not going to see me on iTunes tomorrow. We have five children. They're all different. All gifted in different ways. The four oldest, they're enrolled in piano lessons. Uh, Julia has decided she does not like it. And maybe that'll wear off. I don't know. But Emily, the youngest, she loves to sing. She loves music. When there's worship music on, she'll, she'll lift her hands and praise the Lord. She's not even two years old. And all throughout the day, she loves to go back and forth to the piano just to get on it, just to bang away at the keys. Maybe there's something there, but it'll have to be developed. We all have different gifts, talents, abilities, resources. Stop wasting time and stop wasting your life pretending you're wishing you were something you're not or wishing that God had gifted you in areas that he hasn't. Be you and develop the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has blessed you with. We're to be thankful. We're to be grateful. We're to be content. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 4, beginning in verse 11. Now, he was dealing with material need, but this can be applied to what we're dealing with today. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 11. I'm not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So we're to be thankful. We're to be grateful. We're to be content in all things. Don't, don't waste your life wishing you were something you're not wishing that God had gifted you in ways that he hasn't. You'll be frustrated. You'll be bitter. You'll be sad. Develop the gifts, the talents, the resources, the abilities that God has entrusted you with. 
Paul told Timothy, a young man, he said, 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6, godliness with contentment is great gain. Studies show that all of this social media leads to young people being sad, being discouraged, being depressed. Whether they follow celebrities or they follow influencers, they get online, they get on Facebook, they get on Instagram, and they see things that they don't have. And they, they head down a path, well, if I don't have this, if I'm not this, if I'm not that, if I don't have this lifestyle, then I can't be happy. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We're to be thankful. We're to be grateful. We are to be content. Some of us are given more gifts, talents, and abilities than others. There's no point complaining about it or wishing you had someone else's talent. The culture may say otherwise, but God does not give us all the same gifts, talents, and abilities. And God does not entrust us all with the same level or amount of gifts, talents, abilities, resources, or money. God gives us gifts, talents, and resources according to our ability. Say, say my ability. And that's what we see in Scripture. He gives us gifts, talents, abilities, resources according to our ability. So there, there's no point complaining about it. But there is good news. You can grow your ability. You can grow your ability. I said you can grow your ability. You can improve your ability. You can double like the five-talent man or the two-talent man. You can double what God entrusts you with through hard work. Now, I know these, these things aren't popular in 2022. Like I said, we're not going to take, take all this and put it on a t-shirt or this week's Facebook meme. But you can double what God entrusts you with through hard work. Say, say hard, work. hard work. You can double what God entrusts you with through faithfulness. You know, the Bible says uh, a faithful man who can find. You know, that was written a long time ago, not, not in 2022. That's true of women too, a faithful woman who can, who can find. But you can double what God entrusts you with. You can increase, you can improve your ability through faithfulness. You can increase and improve your ability through good stewardship. You can double what God entrusts you with through good stewardship. You can also outperform people who have more gifts, talents, and abilities. You see it in sports. You see it out there in the world. You can, you can outperform those with greater ability through hard work, through faithfulness, through consistency, through repeatedly doing what's right and not taking shortcuts. You can outperform those with greater talents, gifts, and abilities if you'll just be faithful, if you'll just keep being consistent, if you'll just keep showing up. Because see, someone could have all the gifting in the world, but what if they have a bad attitude? Yesterday, Samuel had a long day, a little tired, so had a bad attitude. I told him, son, it's time for a spanking. Not happy with me. But he, he's the nature of one spanking, man. He's on the right track for several days afterwards. But why, why discipline? Because a bad attitude's not going to get you the results you want in life. Someone that can have all the gifting and all the talent, 
and all the ability, but what if they have no ethics? What if they have no morals? What if they take shortcuts? What if they lie? What if they cheat? What if they steal? What if they have a rotten attitude? What if they're a mean-spirited person? A terrible story in New York about a young girl pushing an elderly woman in her 80s to her death. But you read the articles about this young woman. She's, she's been a problem, bad attitude for a long time. No discipline. So you can outperform someone with greater talents, giftings, and abilities by doing what's right day after day after day after day. You know, my father said at 9 a.m., we may not be as blessed or as big as some are, but my, my mom said in the 80s that she never wanted to be a shooting star. Here today, gone tomorrow. And so someone may have something you don't. Just be you. Be a good steward with what God has entrusted you with. Be, be faithful. Be consistent. Keep showing up day after day. Keep doing what's right. Because they'll have to give an account for their life. But you'll give an account for your life. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And you can outperform those that are not taking the right road long term if you'll do things the right way, not the world's way. So over time, you can outperform people who have more gifts, more talents, more abilities by doing things the right way, by doing things God's way. What does it take? Hard work. Smile at your neighbor. Say, hard work. hard work. What does it take? Good stewardship. Tell your other neighbor. Say, good stewardship. good stewardship. What does it take? It takes faithfulness. Day after day. Week after week. Month after month. Year after year. Showing up when others aren't willing to show up. Showing up not just when things are easy. Showing up when things get a little difficult. Faithfulness. It takes moral and ethical behavior. The Bible says he who conceals his sins does not prosper. Jesus said in the Gospels, everything hidden in darkness will be brought out into the light. You might get away with it for a day, a week, a month, a year, but, but there's coming a day of reckoning. So what does doing things the right way take? takes moral and ethical behavior. What does it take? It takes reading. It takes learning. It takes growing. It takes self-evaluation. If you're like, Austin, I've not read a book since the 80s. It's time to learn. It's time to grow. Time to improve. There's this thing called the internet. You could use that in your business. And I'm being facetious. But see, sometimes we have to be willing to learn, to grow, to change, to go to new levels, for God to entrust more resources to us. So you can grow your ability. You can improve your ability. And you can outperform those who have greater gifts, talents, and abilities than you by doing things the right way, by doing things God's way. Matthew 25, verse 16. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work. And he gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, 
dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. So the man with five talents doubled what God entrusted to him. The man with two talents also doubled God's investment. So what did Jesus tell them? Look at Matthew 25, verse 21. It's also in verse 23. Verse 21, his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. In Luke's gospel, Jesus said that whoever is trustworthy with little will also be trustworthy with much. But whoever is dishonest with little will also be dishonest with much. In the parable of the talents, the master tells the man who doubled five talents to ten, the man who doubled two talents to four, he tells him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So who does he call good? Who does he call faithful? The man or woman who does something. The man or woman who gives God a return on his investment. Who does God put in charge of many things? The man or woman who is a good steward. Who shares in the reward? Who shares in the master's happiness? The man or woman who is faithful, who produces a return on God's investment. But what did the man with one talent do? Look at verse 18. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. And again, as I, as I pointed out, the, it's the master's property. It's the master's money. I was going to mention Gollum, but you may not know who Gollum is. Got to read The Hobbit and watch Lord of the Rings. You can't do that in one afternoon. But if your attitude is it's mine, 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 your heart's not right. These gifts and talents and abilities have been given to us by God to use them for good, to use them for the kingdom of God, to use them for others. And everything that passes through our hands, it's not ours. It is His. And we'll have to give an account for how we stewarded it, how we stewarded it, how we used it, how we put it to work, how we gave of it, how we were a blessing with it. Verse 18, the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. So the one talent man took God's gift, God's talent, God's ability. He dug a hole, he threw it in the ground and then he went on his way living a selfish life. He hid his master's money. And what did he do? He did nothing. He did nothing with his life. He had nothing to show for his life. He produced nothing. He accomplished nothing. He gave his master zero return on his investment. And then the servant who did nothing, he was critical of his master. He badmouthed his master. And it's always the people that are critical of others that accomplish the least in life. Just got to ignore that. Got to tune that out and ignore it. And sometimes in the ministry, sometimes in pastoring, we encounter people like this. Instead of taking what God gives them and growing it or multiplying it or sowing it or putting it to good use, they take what God gave them and they hide it. They hide God's money or they hide God's resources like Achan did. Or they're of the mentality that they want to use their gifting their talent, their ability for the world. Or they're only 
put their gifting, their talent, their ability to use if they get, they get paid. It's a wrong heart. It's a wrong motive. It's a wrong attitude. Then they'll spend their lives going from church to church, confessing doubt, negativity, and unbelief. They'll say they can't or they won't, and they'll blame, then they'll blame their troubles on God, on the master. They'll say it's his fault. But the very same people refuse to obey God. They refuse to obey the word of God. They refuse to be doers of the word. They refuse to live life God's way. They refuse to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And their attitude is, I can't or I won't. And the result is they're cursed. They're not blessed. And their lives are filled with trouble. And it's all their own doing. But who do they blame? They blame the master. They blame the Lord. It's his fault. He's done this. It has nothing to do with them. When in fact it has everything to do with them. What are we doing with the gifts, the talents, the resources, the abilities that God has entrusted to us? What are we doing with all that passes through our hands? Are we putting it to good use? Are we being faithful? Are we growing? Are we increasing? Are we improving what God has entrusted to us? The world may reward bad stewardship. The world may tolerate having nothing to show for what has been given to you. But our Heavenly Father, He expects good stewardship. He expects a return on His investment. And there's coming a day when every believer, not just those in ministry, every believer will stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ and will give an account for what we did with our lives. We'll give an account for the choices we made. We'll give an account for the words we spoke. We'll give an account for the things we did. We'll give an account for what we did with the gifts, the talents, the resources, the abilities that he entrusted to us. We'll give an account for what we did and how we stewarded all that passed through our hands. So we are to live accordingly, to live a life that is pleasing to God. You go to Corinthians, Paul wrote the church at Corinth about this. He said we should each be careful how we build. And there will be those there that are there as those barely escaping through the flames with no reward. That is not the goal. The goal is to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your reward. So again, today, this Sunday, it's an op- or next Sunday, it's an opportunity for all of us to evaluate how can we be better stewards of what God has and is and will entrust to us. Amen? Please bow your heads. You might be here today. Perhaps you have never asked Jesus into your heart. Perhaps you don't know God is your Father. He loves you. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a destiny for your life. But it all begins by giving your life to him. It all begins by asking Jesus into your heart. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting everlasting life. Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. This world we live in, it'll lie to you. It'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, that's sufficient. You'll be in heaven someday. It's a lie. 
The Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us, we are all in need of a Savior. This world out here, it'll, it'll tell you that you can come up with your own path to God. You can make your own way to lie. Jesus said, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many find it. Many take that path, but narrow, narrow is the path that leads to life, and few find it. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. If you're here today and say, Austin, I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to be a child of God. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want to be saved. I want to know that God is my Father and heaven is my home. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand so I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. If you're here today and say, Austin, pray with me. I want to become a part of the family of God. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand where I'll see it. You might also be here today in a time in your life you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart you've not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing and you've paid, paid a price. And maybe like that man in the parable, instead of taking responsibility, you've blamed others. You've blamed God and you've not taken responsibility for your own life. Today, it is the grace and mercy of God. It is an opportunity to have a new beginning, to have a fresh start. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. Pray with me. I want to recommit my life. Pray with me. I want to leave here today knowing I'm right with God. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it clearly, raise it high so I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's gone forth as a seed planted into good ground and that it will bear a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. And I thank you, Holy Spirit of God, for dealing with each of us, the changes that we need to make, the tweaks that we need to make, the things that we need to do differently, the things that we need to improve, the things that we need to add to our lives, the things that we need to eliminate so that we would be better stewards for you and for the kingdom of God and for our families and those that we love. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God, for leading us and guiding us and directing us and showing us the way. Thank you. You might be watching. Say, Austin, I never asked the Lord into my heart. I don't know the Lord, but I want to. Pray this simple prayer with me. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. I give you my life. I ask you to be my Lord and to be my Savior in Jesus' name. You prayed that simple prayer. We'd love to hear from you. You go to the address on the screen. There's a short, simple form to fill out and we'll be a blessing to you. We'd love to send you a Bible. We'd love to send you a copy of God's Very Own Child in English or in Spanish. It's short, easy to read, and it'll help you get started in living the Christian life. Well, I hope the message today was an encouragement, was a blessing to you. Amen. We can all do a better job. We can all grow. We can all learn. We can all improve. We can all be better stewards of what 
our Heavenly Father has entrusted to us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.